2: This is The View from the Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for Kingdomofthegiants.com. Today's Wednesday, the 28th of November 2018. My name's Patrick Smith, back in domestic action for the Belfast Giants, and there's a lot of action both at home in the NCAA Friendship Four and away, where they doused the flames and extinguished the blaze to pick up another four points on the road. Um, joining me? Well, let's start off. I'm not going to play the full thing. I'm just going to say. How Dan says, I'm very well, Mister Patrick Not how are you? Doing, um, well. Smith, how are you? <laughs> not too bad. Going, Simon Kitchen, going coast to coast. How do you? How do you get on?
3: Um, it was really good, actually. Um, I mean, obviously, going to go and talk about it later on. The hockey yeah. was just lights out, unbelievable. Um, all four games were entertaining. The <laughs> final was just. Was just unreal, um, but yeah, it was good fun. Murph, Murph's good crack, as we all know. So uh, you know, just sitting alongside him. And um, I mean, you'd mentioned the cup last week in a, a um, continental cup. You know, there was a period where I had to go through probably two and a half, three minutes of of action from end, to end. There was one stage of one of the games. I think it was on Saturday night. He, I think, he went six and a half minutes literally without breathing, um, <laughs> and it was it was just incredible, but uh, fantastic. I key in for the Odyssey Trust and the Belfast chance to put this um, Friendship 4 on. It was seriously um, the best yet so far, in my opinion.
2: Here, here. Well, we'll get on to that and also enjoying the Friendship 4 this weekend.
4: Oh, baby, baby. How
2: are you doing, man? It's just
4: not going to go away, is it? Like, I just went for really enjoying it. Oh, baby, baby.
2: It's never going away, man. never going away. it's going to be stored on this box forever
4: oh baby baby right come on on. that'll do that's that is plenty good evening patrick
0: smith i was gonna say it's good
4: to be here but that's remains to be seen
2: the uh how do you enjoy the friendship for
4: had an absolute blast mate um, it was a different experience for me obviously uh, as I said before this is my first year sort of dipping my toe into the media side of things and um, I've come as a fan before and had an absolute blast but to see the inner workings and, and behind the scenes kind of similar to the, the Continental Cup just to see how the how everything moves and, and the sort of countless moving parts that make up a tournament like that but had an absolute blast definitely challenged um, between you know running our live blogs and, and interviews post game and, and doing a bit of TV with Neil Whiteside for, for Robert but Absolutely loved every minute.
2: Good yeah, It is a different experience, but we'll get on to that. Right, We've got a great show ahead of you. We'll be talking about the games that the Belfast Giants undertook in Coventry and in Guildford. Um, we're going to be hearing from Kevin Rain and Adam Keefe when went down to training, and we'll be asking Kendall McFall your uh, TFA questions. But let's start, as I said, with those two games at the weekend. And we start at... The Skydome, where the Belfast Giants returned to Elite League action against the Coventry Blaze. A win in Coventry last time was a bit of a tight affair. This one was absolutely no different. It's a 2-1 <laughs> game.
0: We're playing great.
2: Yep, it was a 2-1 <laughs> game, and the Belfast Giants took that victory. It was the Coventry Blaze who actually opened the scoring in the second period. Alex Nickafork, the, uh, the former Nottingham Panther, taking the lead for the Coventry Blaze. But on the power play, just in front of goal, Dustin John with a tip, uh, 10 minutes into that second period to make it 1-1. And so it was a really tight, edgy affair with a, a, a fight and quite a few hits and um, yeah, a bit of bad blood, I think, in the game. But was there to be a winner? And as the game wound down and Curtis Leonard took a two-minute hooking call, we thought... Jazz just need to hold this out, maybe get the overtime. <laughs> we didn't count on Kyle Bond, did we? Close to him close to when the, uh, he took up the puck over the red line, over the blue line, forward, forehand, backhand, roofed it, shorthanded, unassisted, 2-1 win. Good night, Jim Kite. 2-1 two, two, win. What was that, Doug? It's a 2-1 game. We're playing great. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> In regards to goalkeepers, Tyler Bescaroani, with 38 saves on 39 shots. And Mika Wiegman, the other side, 34 saves on 36 shots. Your referees on the night were Tom Darnell and Dean Smith. Says, um, you, of course, you'll have watched this back as you were on comms on the night, but i would hasten to say the Giants actually didn't have one of their best performances of the season. We
3: could have been four, maybe five down down the first period. and mm-hmm. um, You know, we, we really didn't get going at all. Um But, you know, still coming out with a a 2-1 win after not playing well. It it just shows that the the guys are still buying in, um, getting a wee bit of luck going their way. And you've got to take it when it comes along. You know, you mentioned there about Nick O'Fourke getting the goalie. It was a really good goal too. Um, You know, backdoor, top corner, uh, Besko going post-to-post. And unfortunately, he just couldn't get there in time. But uh, it was a good reaction. We got a goal in the power play. Magic heads up play by Lennie the slap pass right into Dustin John and all he'd do is tap and into yep. like net with a, a redirect and then you know as you mentioned about the uh, little bit of physical play um, do you want to talk about that now
2: or do you want yep. to go for it mate the, again, there was an incident between uh, Morris and uh, Bouvier
3: yeah again I, I, he got 2 plus 10 for the initial call boarding yeah I, I, I don't I think know it's maybe a I'm not, I'm not that
2: set on myself mate
3: you know, I think it's a wee bit harsh, but I can understand that looking from where the referee would, who called it, who was right, literally in line with him but behind him, he, get, he, he doesn't need to make a bit of a shove into the back. So you can sort of forget that. But Morris skating from fifty, sixty 60 feet yeah. and doesn't get a uh, instigator penalty, absolutely wrong. And for that, he gets fed his dinner. Um, you know, hundred percent. Frankie was on the outstanding. You know, great to see him stand up for himself. Um, you know, he was getting called two plus five, or sorry, two plus ten anyway. Um, and he, he missed it. He basically missed the whole period. It was seventeen minutes in penalties for that, and and uh, it's good to see him stand up for himself. And literally I mean he caught him an absolute wonder punch. Um, which I mean, I, I was sitting watching game back. I actually watched that game while there was no pod or webcast on the Sunday in Guildford, so I watched that game all the way back. Um, and again, it was, it was difficult watching. It really, really was. Huh. Uh, because we've been used to playing so well in the last yeah. number of weeks. But great for, for that for Frankie. And then um, the incident with uh, Jonathan Ferdinand yes. uh, when Hashe, I think you call the guy, um, ended up getting um, put into the boards. Do you know what? Oh, I, over. I think that's Hashe's fault. Yeah, I think, he, you know, if he, if he stays facing the boards, Furley's gonna, you know, basically tie him up. He's gonna basically hold him on the boards, like you know, sticking, and, and get in there, push him against the wall itself. He's not gonna do much more. I don't think he's gonna, you know, if John Ferland wouldn't have went in a cross checking him from behind. That's not the type of player he is. But when he turns round, you know, he's faced more or less face to face with Furley. What do you got to do? I, I'd finish the head as well. Yep. So I don't think it was a penalty. He didn't get a penalty for Hache ended up getting. Somebody said four stitches in the head and. I know Stu and Ed, you know, they weren't overly happy with the call and they,
2: you know, ranted and raved a bit. and yeah, uh, but I, I disagree with back, that. I, I, I disagree with... Sorry? sorry, sorry I... No, sorry, I disagreed with the ranted and raved. I agree with oh, you. I, yeah, thought he, I, thought he, I thought he was falling over. And by the way yeah. that he twisted turn turned and he went into the boards, so it's an unfortunate accident. Likewise, so, yeah. likewise, when they talked about, uh, was it Vantamere and Morris and the collision yep. that they had? Neither yeah. two of them redirected. You know what I mean. The two of them both continued on their line and came together. But
4: were either hit that big. They were they were kind of a little bit above a shove. It was just the body positioning was bad. Like you can't shout yeah. about chugging guys from games just because an injury's caused. You know what I mean? Like, accidents happen, and you can see there was, there was an no easy intent. way look at this. A very very easy way look at this. None of the players jumped in. Yeah, no, that's no. it. But it's it's a a sure, hit. really went and it's got a towel bad. for Hashi after he, he burst his head open. No, there's no intent there at all. Really went and got no. a towel to hold against his head.
2: So players, to- players, players
3: know what's a bad hit. They knew that that, Furley, that it wasn't a bad hit on Furley. Otherwise, somebody would have jumped him. That's it. That's it. That's the game right there. So, there wasn't a penalty for me. Nothing called on the night. There was even, you know, Stu and Ed were basically saying about, uh, you know, retrospective... Um, referee and
2: it's going to have to go to Dobson. Nah, like nonsense. Um, the, uh, Joel, come to you. You know your take on the game. We haven't we haven't dealt with the, the Kyle Bond goal. Well, leave that to you. But the um, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a it was a, it was a tough, edgy game. It wasn't the Giants' best performance. But as Sis said, you know when you come out with the two points in regulation, you just you know you put it in the bag and you move on
4: we won ugly boys and there's nothing wrong with winning ugly as long as you're winning uh, You know, it's a big ask to go back out on the road after, you know, your homecoming should be back to creature comforts and um, the Belfast Giants homecoming was again another alien experience you're coming back to play European competition you're playing uh, a, a really intense weekend um, and then straight back out on the road and into the Sky Dome and into the Spectrum, you know, two buildings where the, the Sky Dome has been tough for us to pick up points uh, down the years and, and a lot of really scrappy affairs and And the spectrum, of course, is where we draw points early in the season. Um, I don't care. As long as we are uh, coming away with the win, I don't care. Uh, There are definitely moments in that game that I'm not, Stoked on. I think we were very sloppy, kind of mid game and towards the end. There were a couple of really sloppy turnovers. Um, there were. It was quite chippy on behalf of the Giants. You know, those uh, that that shove uh, from Vandermeer on Morris was, I would say, avoidable. Um, the the one on. Sorry, he was the one before the burst his head. Uh, Has Hashi, the one on Hashi, uh, not a lot in it, accidental, but you could tell that the Giants were not playing uh, silky smooth, excellent hockey. Um, the story of the game for me were uh, were the goaltenders, uh, especially in, in the kind of first half of the game, the first period uh, specifically. Uh, Mika Vickman was actually on form. You have to hand it to him. Um, he he made some excellent saves, a couple of sprawling saves forward that were really impressive. But Tyler Baskrowani, uh, he's the guy in those on those kinds of nights that you're going to rely on, and that we have relied on. That we will do uh, for the rest of the stretch. There was a there was an early, really early uh, in the first period, a two-on-one breakaway where Ross Venus fed Luke Ferrara across the front of goal. You see those go in so many times in this league, and not only does Besco make the save, but it's just the manner for me in which he does it, and he's been doing it all season long. He just he moves like silk. He tracks the puck like a hawk. He's he's like a hawk who's seen a field mouse.
2: You and know, any more cliches coming on here, mate? Any more to so <laughs> Keep them coming. Ding 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 ding. Yeah.
4: Uh, He's, he's alert. He's calm. Oh, baby! <laughs> it's, the, it's it's technique driven goaltending. Um, it's just just phenomenal. He does it on wraparounds too. He stuffed a lot of wraparounds early in that game. Um, and that has an impact, I think, on our defensemen. Um, our our forwards were not electric on the night, but our defensemen are. They don't feel like they're the last gas between the puck and the goal, and so. Because of that, they play relaxed and they play creative. I think a lot of our offense and a lot of our goals this season start from our ability to play loose and fun defense. Um, We're like a defensively proactive team, not a reactive one. It's it's just an absolute joy to watch. But as you say, Patrick, a chippy game that we stayed in. We were solid at the back. Uh, that their Coventry goal, to be fair, was an absolute snipe. Really, really enjoyable goal from a really tight angle. I would probably challenge any goaltender to do a better job. You know, Vesco was coming across, but uh, really hard to get back to. And are we ready to talk about the Calbon goal now? Go for it, <laughs> With, what, like 59 seconds 59 left? 59
2: seconds on the clock. He intercepts a bad pass across the blue line, and he's away.
4: Right. He does. Neutral zone the whole way down into the slot. Angles left and he just holds it for that extra split second. And what a snipe. Just the the composure and the calmness with which he finished that with the clock running against him was just phenomenal. Kyle Bond is absolutely clutch. Um, and, and he is, he's the story of that game after a very kind of defensive and gritty performance.
2: Says, you know, from a Coventry point of view to give that up on the power play and the de- at the death when, you know, you should be pushing for the winner yourself with a minute to go, but such a loose pass, you have to say, however, the Giants' PK disrupted them, and maybe that's why the loose pass was there.
3: Yeah, I mean, the PK was probably the positive coming out of the weekend. Try the other thing about it is, you know, they were down to 3D. Um, they lost a couple of guys uh, during the game, and obviously Hashe yeah. was, was, was taken out. So, you know, playing, I think it was the 26 or 27 minutes with 3D and having to maybe drop uh, somebody else back or to help out is tough. Um, that guy... Uh, number thirty three Brennan Shevin or something you call him. a yeah. um, you know, Norwegian guy, you know, he played I think he must have been on at least sixteen or seventeen minutes in that last period. So um he he he's a decent player and and he was gassed. You know, he, even trying to swing a stick at, at Bonner as he's skating up the ice for that uh, game winning goal shorthanded. He was you could see that he's absolutely done. So um you know once that that once I gives him the fifty nine seconds to go that just sucks a life right out of him. So um I think Coventry will be disappointed not to get the win um, and in fairness they probably deserve something out of the game um, but uh, you know, it's great that they win in regulation um, and again give us a lot of confidence to get into Sunday which is always a hard place to go to
2: Absolutely, we'll wrap that up with regards to the Coventry Blaze the uh, the 2-1 win at the Sky Dome you can get the highlights of that from Blaze TV which you also find on kingdomofthegiants.com and we move on to Sunday where the Belfast Giants travelled down down probably down the M6, the M40, onto the M25 and off at Guildford and nice. into Surrey. Uh, <laughs> I've done that drive many times. The um, 42, 40, 25. And, the, <laughs> and then into Surrey to face the Guildford Flames at the Spectrum. Of course, Guildford were the last team to take a win over the Belfast Giants back on the 21st. Of October, that 3 2 loss that came to the death. Sorry, a domestic win, of course. Uh, Katowice took the Continental Cup win just the other week. However, the Giants looked for revenge and they got it a 4 1 win against the Flames. Scoring was opened in the first period by Darcy Murphy, but equalised about five, six minutes later by Brett Ferguson. Uh, finally, and in, finally, into that Guildford squad. I haven't been stuck in Australia for a while. Um, into the second period in Swinney with a lovely snipe and uh, with 15 minutes on that in the second period to make it 2-1 and that 2-1 game oh hold on did I say 2-1 game sorry <laughs> can't say 2-1 sure game we're playing great I can't say 2-1 game <laughs> now that 2-1 game continued into the third period late into the third period when Guilford actually pulled Travis Fulton from the game with just over a minute to go, Blair Riley scoring the empty netter. And well, if you were to believe the Elite League Twitter flash scores and the Guilford Flames own Twitter, that's where the uh, the scoring ended. But it wasn't David Rulliford with a second empty net goal 16 seconds later made it four one. In Nets of I spoke like about Travis Fullerton, thirty-three saves of thirty-five shots. And the other side, Tyler Besker thirty-three saves of thirty-four shots. Your referees on the night were Dean Smith and Dandy Elton. Um, start with you in this one. Guilford different, very difficult place to go, which has been told by the likes of you know, Sheffield struggled that uh, we struggled our last domestic loss. Was there over a month ago? Hard to believe, but it was, um, and it was a battle in that
4: game. Yeah, much the same as as the Sky Dome the night before. It wasn't the it wasn't the most beautiful hockey you'll see the Giants play, uh, but to be honest, I was. <sighs> I'm always the first to pump the tires and get stoked and get riled up and make uh, absolutely exaggerated claims on this show. But <laughs> I, with, with, with my hand on my heart, I thought we were probably going to drop at least one uh, over the weekend. Just with how we've been playing with the congestion of fixtures, for, with European competition giving way to another road trip. it's It's been a really, really tough schedule this first half of the yep. season. And to as I say, I really am not bothered by the nature in which we pick the points up. It's the fact that we can go in and do the damn thing. Uh, you know, the the game winning goal that was Swinney from Boxy from Jelena. So being able to turn to the depth of our roster and being able to turn to defensemen to put up points, absolutely critical. And um, you know, the rest of the game, uh, Darcy Murphy. Rudy and Riot just completely ran Riot once again. Uh, that that first goal was just, it was a real gritty Adam Keefe kind of goal. There was nothing nice about it. You know, they they dug that puck out from behind the goal and the three of them were just swarming. Darcy uh, was just standing at that right post ready to tap it in because he knew the boys were going to cough it up. And um, That was about six minutes into the game. So, you you lay a sort of uh, a stamp on that game, a Grimaldi stamp on that game. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's one from the past for you. Uh, that you're you're going to come in and you're going to play gritty uh, and you're going to pin high uh, and you're going to work the corners and that's what this Giants team can do whenever they're they're not feeling too flashy. Aside from that, you know the the two empty netters were were the the best line ever yet again. But uh, I was having a think about this one today, and and I would like to ask if you don't mind, uh, what you guys' depth of experience being the old hands here, you know, I'm (sighs) really really young and and I haven't seen much, you know, compared to you guys. Uh, You know, you're quite a bit older than me. Um, Oh right, right, right. Ask your question. that's, (laughs) That's literally never come up. Do you guys remember a more impactful, more complete line in recent memory than Riley? Rudy and Darcy Murphy. Because I'm struggling to be honest. In yes, my yes,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I am going to say yes. And I'm wondering if Siz knows who I'm going to speak of. I probably do,
3: yeah. Go on. <laughs> well, it the one with uh, sauce.
2: No, I wasn't. But that's interesting. I was going to say rough real barons. Unbelievable. <laughs> I was going to say rough <laughs> you know, who who run. Uh, when you, when you, sorry? sorry,
3: sorry for jumping in, Paddy. I mean, when you think about. Um, you know, top of the hands that we had, you know, if you look at uh, Chevy and, and Sauce and yep. Chris Higgins, you know, it was half decent. Like, um, you know, and then you've had um, the first year that Mike Forney was
4: here, um, did he play in a line with Higgy and somebody else? Who was the third? Because the pair of them were, were we Joe's. Who was the third? I can't remember.
3: Oh, I can't remember. Just to have it swing blank. But, but I think your, your shout, Patty, is unbelievable, Just the box.
2: He was unbelievable. <laughs> rough, rough rail barons when we won the league first time round, it was the ISL, and talk about the ISL standard. they run roughshod over that league. They were just phenomenal. There was nobody could live with them and like and maybe you know what? Possibly now you could say, theoretically, Rudy Riles, could it, it could be, it could be a better could be a better line but I'm so steeped in the nostalgia of, you know, of that line. I, think I love that hearing me, this stuff, though. You could have, that I love hearing it. You could have, was it um, Flurry Courtney Hoppe? Yeah. yeah. You, you, even then, you know, I still would look at that with Superstar Flurry in there and still think, well, you know, rough rail bands.
4: Well, are you willing to concede then that this line is up there with yes. possibly bigger names, flashier names, and, and, and a different era for hockey here? percent but, but this line, this line is punching among those greats. That's fair from my point of view. Yes, absolutely. Says yeah, yeah, they're playing well. But I mean, if you look at the,
3: they, they were put together. The, the three of them were put together at the start of the season, and they're you know below average. That's why they were split up. But uh, and they, like, to be honest, I didn't didn't doubt they were going really to put back together again. They just need to get going. New knew was hurting um, yeah. at the start of the
2: season, and since he's got going, he's been unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a fresh out. Coming back to the game, the says we know that Guildford had a game in Glasgow the night before. They, they beat the, the, the Glasgow clan 3-0. Um, now, I'm not sure if they – I would assume they flew down. Nope. The, the, so, no, they busted from Glasgow? Yep. I love yep. Oh, for goodness me. Yikes. Uh, so that would have had an effect on them, but it's still, from a Giants' point of view, was an, was a tight, gritty game.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things I actually asked that the morning because uh, I wasn't sure if it flew up or not. The, um, you know, if you think about it, if game finishes at half nine in Glasgow, uh, by the time you get changed, get the bus loaded, get some food, um, it's probably 11 o'clock, um, and then leaving there to get to Guildford, Probably you have better idea of but I don't think it's taken anything less than seven and a half eight
2: hours. Six, six seven. Well, you're doing it at night. So you're doing the whole, you're doing the length of the M6 and, and the 70, but you're doing it at night. So you're probably getting through quicker. But yeah, I would say seven six, hours. Seven,
3: six, seven hours. Yeah, again, they would have wanted to stop, but it, I mean, ever's got to stop, yeah. obviously. Um, So, you know, they stop a couple of times the way down the M6, to six, say, but, you know, they had the opportunity to fly. Uh, I know we're flying tomorrow to, to Monday, so um, you know playing a lot of games. Uh, obviously, midweek game, midweek game this week, midweek game the following week, and a midweek game the following week with us. Yep. So um, you know there's a lot of hockey to be played, but they had the opportunity to do it. They decided the, to bust it, um, and to be honest, they did look a bit leggy. Um, we got off to a good start, as, as Joel's already said. Murph, uh, Rudy, and, and Ryan's, you know, combining there to put that uh, the team one up. It was a good reaction by um the flames to come back into it and tie things up again. But Swimmy with it, you know, that's not an easy shot to come on to. I know he's been playing forward the last few weeks. Um, but you know, coming out behind and Net from Boxy you know, and a one timer going top shelf. And it you know, was a great shot, really, really impressive from Swimmy. But after that, to be honest, Basco didn't have a hell of a lot to do. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you know, they expect them to get shots on. We tried to stay in the penalty box. You know, their power plays it probably won the best in the league. Uh if not the best in the league. I haven't looked at the stats in a while because it have been um I haven't had any home games. So uh, you know, they they're they're decent on the
2: extra mile. Yeah, are still riding reaction. high on that. What's that? They're still riding high with regards to the park. Yeah, play. absolutely. So, you know, they did a good job on the um
3: on the uh, penalty kill is a, that that was impressive on, from us on something like the other thing about it is their goal, um, it was a bad goal for us to give up. You know, when you look at it, uh, Ferguson, you know, they spend a wee bit of time in our zone. We're puck watching. We're not, you know, we're not picking the guy up the back post. It was an easy enough goal. If I was Adam, I'd be a wee bit disappointed with that. But again, you know, you're sort of, you know, you're playing well. You're trusting your teammates to, to uh, do their job. But I just think that was probably the, one of the mistakes we've made in, in, in quite a while and we get punished for it. But um, no, can't complain again. Not at our best. Uh, the whole weekend, and picking up four points.
2: We're doing something right. You're absolutely right about the schedule of the next three weeks. It's it's Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday, with, <laughs> with, with, with Dundee being those midweek games in all three weeks. We'll come on to the, the games and how we're doing the schedule in a second. But the highlights from the game, Guildford Flames TV, not up yet. I don't think, as of the last time I looked, which was about an hour and a half ago, they weren't up. But uh, when they do go up, you'll we'll put them on Twitter and uh, you'll find them at of the Um That four-point weekend, just one, a few stats from the start of October. The Belfast Giants have 19 wins from 21 games in all competitions. That's 17 wins from 18 in domestic competitions. And that's 13 wins from 14 games on the road. And it puts them top of the Elite League. Simon, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's uh it's
3: been a great run. Um I think the most impressive stat from the from all those, Paddy, is the road trip. Yep. You know, eleven wins out of twelve. Um and when you look back over the last I think it was twenty one games, we've won nineteen and lost two. Yep. And the two games that we've lost have been the third game in three, three days, yep. The Guilford, Gilf, away, Gilford on straight, and Carabiche. And you know that's that's just, you know that's 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 tankle winning form. Um, but it's November, yes, it is. Yes, it is. You know, but there's the
2: early shout today. Is the <laughs> it's Wednesday, the uh, Wednesday 20th of November. You've heard it here first.
3: Yeah, but let's yes. uh, be honest. It is. You know, the, the big thing about it is it's November say, um, the twentieth of November uh, is still a hell of a long way to go. We've got a lot of games coming up. Uh we've got we're still in the Challenge Cup, we're still in the Continental Cup. Obviously the playoffs haven't been uh, decided yet, but I'd like to think we're gonna be in the chance of getting in there as well. Um, but you know, Adam's got the guys playing well, they're believing in each other. Um, you know, they're they're playing they're they're just doing a great job and, and it makes an awful lot of even you know, when I went into training this morning, um um, but even before I get into the rink, get into the ice rink itself at Donnell, I could hear them having a laugh while I was talking to to uh, Jenna and Joanna at reception. At Expo, I could hear them laughing and giggling on the ice from out there and taking the mick out of people. Um, you know, and that's what that's what comes with confidence. You know, they're they're winning games, um, and it, 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 there's no better feeling. That, you know, they'll all be feeling really, really good about themselves. But as I say, let's not get carried away.
2: There's a long, long, long way to go yet. The man who said we're entitled on form says, Don't get carried away, Joel. Yeah. Joel, and here you, we
4: go let's get carried away
2: <laughs> well, well feel free you know, the, the, I, I totally agree with says. when things are going really well the atmospheres are always really good yeah. you know, and the lads are in good form training this week with Alan Shearer which was uh, which, which was interesting but, um, but yeah and the
3: other thing about that
2: on um, their day off they're in training
3: they're in training their day off and that's a big big thing yeah. that is their day off Monday was their day off this week so I mean they're they're traveling back from from Guildford early yesterday morning, and the majority of the guys were in the gym yesterday afternoon. And I'll tell you, I bet you, I bet you Adam wasn't telling them to be in there.
2: Fair,
4: Joel? Look, yeah, I mean uh, I'm a fan of dishing out the broad generalizations and getting overexcited, uh, as you guys well know. And every time I I do post game. A little bit of the fan in me always leaks out a little bit after a good game. <laughs> oh ticks, oh ticks! I come charging down into the tunnel looking for uh, Kiefer to tell me that we're on our way to win the league, and and um, and he always sort of looks at me with that slightly raised eyebrow, you know, that kind of death stare. Um, and that's before you can't see that on the on the audio, obviously, but that's before he tells me, "Yeah, oh, you know, you can't get too high with the highs, too low with the lows," as if to say, "Right, Joel, chill it so." <laughs> but like, I just. There's something about this team this year. I have no doubt that we're going to experience our troughs again. We're, we're on an extended peak right now, and it's a lot of fun, and I hope we can ride it for as long as possible. There are challenges ahead, and I'm not going to move as I say it, but it's a long, long season. We have been very fortunate with injuries so far. They can always be a spanner in the works. There's a, a, a complete change in tone for whenever we begin the road, sorry, the home stretch, uh, kind of running towards Christmas and post-Christmas, you know. Those home comforts are fantastic, but psychologically, they alter the way you address a game. Those guys are coming in at the moment on the road every single weekend on an extended period, and they have their backs against the wall, so you're ready to go out and play gritty and get in faces, and you've seen the way like guys like David Rutherford have been playing with that extra little chip on their shoulder. So it remains to be seen if we can maintain that intensity and that grit, on an extended home stretch whenever you've got home comforts, whenever you're used to being at home and, and everything's a little bit more comfortable. Uh, I just feel above anything else though, that this team has the extra something that puts you in contention for titles. You, uh, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago, apparently out of view from the bridge live, you can recruit uh, good numbers. You can recruit guys based on their CV. You cannot uh forecast the way they're going to gel and the chemistry that will come together as a result of 20 something guys working together on the same bus in the same hotels and for me I think that that balance is there it's the same feeling that I had in 13 14 the same feeling that I had when it went right down to the wire in 11 12 I just feel like there's success in this team but I'm trying so hard not to lose the run on myself because that's the kind of those are the kind of takes you pay for
2: <laughs> well let's say it is November um <laughs> It sure December ahead, as I said, we've got that, that run of Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday. But in December itself, there are 13 games across 30 days, which oh, is going to be tough. a real tough test. And then we come into January where we've got the Continental Cup and hopefully touch you're throwing in another semi, couple of semi final games and blah, blah, blah. We've got, we've got a long way ahead of us that, but we, no doubt. The current run of Formula the Giants is on, very entertaining, very good to see, and, and long may it continue. We're going to move on. Um, before we come to the interviews, we, um, we'll we do our usual sort of thank you to the guys of beer52.com. Beer 52 is the UK's number one craft beer subscription services service. If you like to your, your, taste your different craft beers from across the world or just across the UK, there are the guys to go with. It's light and dark beers this month. I enjoyed uh, one too many at the weekend. I think the box is empty now, <laughs> but it was great. The uh, You can get their beers from beer52.com forward slash AVFTV. And of course, the first box is free. And thanks to beer52.com for support. And to you for supporting them and therefore supporting us. Interviews time. We're going to hear in a minute from Adam Keefe and his reflections on the weekend. But first up, here's Kevin Rin. Join McKevin after uh, practice Tuesday morning um,
3: uh, called you over to get an interview somebody just try and jump in front of you yeah Basco
5: thinks that every interview is his and so he was uh, first in line but I, I told him to step aside it's my turn he's got to share the spotlight here and there <laughs> six weeks back in Belfast um, things are going pretty well yeah no we're really excited obviously I think we've won something like correct me if I'm wrong 18 out of 20 or, or something yeah. close to that and so we're rolling we're hot we're confident and uh, the only uh, person that's going to beat us right now is ourselves and so we just got to make sure we're uh, staying on our habits and uh, practicing hard and, and keeping good habits and that's about it.
3: The weekend passed um, a tough game against Coventry, probably one of our better games but coming out with uh, two points is very important.
5: Yeah, they uh, they came hard and uh, they pressured us but we were able to kind of weather that and you know we, we come away with uh, another tough road win and and it's just like any other game and so we, uh, we go in there, get two points and then uh, fortunate enough to get the two points again uh, the next night and like I said we're just rolling. Tomorrow Challenge Cup um, quarterfinal you were a Challenge Cup champion last year fancy getting another one lose burn your neck this year? Well let's, let's try to go back to back right so uh, we're uh, flying in tomorrow and uh, you know business as usual uh, another game for us and uh, we face every game the same and we're going to go in there with the same mindset we've uh, carried uh, at least the entire time uh, I've been here and and so uh, we're just uh, going to do it again.
3: Adam, uh, practice Tuesday morning uh, just to get the legs going again after it. another tough weekend. But coming away with uh, four points over Coventry and Guildford, and, and Coventry's match on Saturday probably not one of our better performances this year. But picking up the two points is just finding The way the win's important.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that's kind of one thing that we can learn from this weekend. Is uh, I thought we can be better. And, um, you know, that's, that's it. Just just tighten up a few areas and, uh, and we continue to improve. But like you said, uh, you know, f- we're finding ways to win those games that uh, we're not really feeling it. So uh, that, that's uh, important. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what you need. You need to be able to find ways to, to get out those wins that maybe it's not going your way. So, um, but uh, we certainly want to get better this week
3: your attention switches to Challenge Cup action tomorrow evening, uh, you make a trip to Dundee, it's a tough place to go into you've had success already this season there um, what's your
0: plans for tomorrow night? We'll, we'll approach tomorrow night and, and worry about ourselves and, and, and uh, you know, try to eliminate those mistakes that were costing us in Coventry and in Guilford at the start of the game anyway, so uh, I think we can start better uh, so that's important um, but like I said uh, we're worried about ourselves and, and our game and uh, we'll approach t- tomorrow's game just like it was any other league game
3: and then a big tough trip to Sheffield they've started to turn things around uh, brought in a few uh, new bodies obviously picked up a new head coach as well it's going to be a tough task heading into Yorkshire.
0: The yeah they seem to be playing well right now I think that they're on a four game win streak so that's uh, obviously a testament to the you know, They've changed some things there, and, and they've brought in some new players as well. So, you know, they're playing well, and uh, look, I expect it to be a, a tough game. Like every game in this in this uh, league right now is a tough game. So, uh, you show up and you, you don't compete, you, there's a good chance you, you're not getting any points.
2: Time for the fan agenda brought to you by our friends at Belfast Giants TV. This week, the the second man to wear the number twenty seven shirt for the Belfast Giants, defenseman Kendall McFall. How are you, mate?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks, guys.
2: What a weekend. What a run the Giants have been on. But this weekend in particular, two two gritty games, two f- hard-fought games. And we were talking about it earlier. Would it be unfair to say it's probably not the best you guys have played all season, but you still came away with the wins?
1: No, that's definitely accurate. I mean, I think we kind of kind of know we didn't play up to our potential. Um, but at the same time, you know, life on the road isn't always about playing playing great and playing flashy. It's about finding ways to get things done. And I think that's what we've been doing so far. And, you know, this weekend was a prime example of that as we we bared down and found a way. And, um, you know, we got things to work on this week heading into to Dundee and Sheffield. And we
2: know that. But at the same time, with wins, yeah, we can't be uh, complaining about that. The games, the away games, the continental games, they're coming week in, week out. They're pretty relentless. And for the next three weeks, it's it's three games a week. How are you dealing with that, you know, conditioning-wise, fitness-wise? Is it, is it difficult to keep yourself, you know, in tip-top condition going into these?
1: Um, I think for me it's a little bit different. I know coming from the CAS back home, or I guess U Sports is what it's called now. Uh, I've already played more games this year than I did all of last year. Yeah, um, which is which is pretty new. But at the same time, I mean, we we practice less. Um, you know, coaches do a good job of managing managing our our on ice time. And at the same time, being a professional athlete, you have lots of time to to take care of your body and make sure you're well rested, stretched out, kind of you know any maintenance you need to do on that. So I think. Obviously, being on the road makes it a little bit tougher, but at the same time, we've got a pretty veteran group of guys that know how to control that, and I think uh, we've been doing pretty well so far.
3: though, you've got um, Jim Vandermeer there. I mentioned this to you last week. Um, as two first-year pros, obviously, you know, you're spending a hell of a lot of time together. It's your first time away um, from uh, from North America. Um, how are you finding Belfast, and, and obviously how are you finding uh, Jim helping along with coaching with Adam?
1: I mean, I, I've loved every minute in Belfast. It's been uh, been a great city. The people have been great fans. Um, I got nothing, nothing but great things to say about Belfast itself. And, you know, jim, Jim's jim been a helping hand right from the get-go um, because he's one of the coaches. He sits at the front of the bus, and that's also where the rookies and their young guys have to sit. So, I mean, I actually sit right right behind Jim. So, I mean, right from the get-go, as soon as we started hitting the road, he was always the guy that, that I was talking to. And I've, I've learned a ton from him just about, about the game, how to adapt. Uh, the pro level and you know also some ins and outs of things to things to do to keep your body well and also things to stay away from and that plus all his stories from his days you know playing in the nhl and playing with other guys i mean it seems like he always has a story for any scenario and it's uh it's awesome to to learn from that and also you know to share those memories with him
3: you you, you talked about playing at u sports um uh university of saskatchewan in the last four or five years did you get a chance to watch any of the ncaa the weekend
1: I did, yeah, I know. I went to uh what one of the first games there, I guess it would have been B U and um oh, yukon yep. okay no, now. To UConn?
3: UConn, sorry, yeah. Yeah,
1: BU and UConn, yeah. And, I mean I mean I thought those guys uh it was, it was a pretty fast paced game for for them not used to playing on the, the international ice and I mean that's always that's always great hockey. I mean I playing in the youth sports we always tried to to compare ourselves to NCAA Division I schools because it seems like they get more of the prestige than we did up in Canada. Obviously, the leagues are a little bit different, but I mean, it's still co- pretty comparable hockey. And yeah, that was that was great hockey to watch. I think it's awesome they come over here and, you know, showcase that to, to Northern Ireland and, and the rest of the world.
4: And it's Joel here. And I, I want to dive straight into something that I asked Josh Roach last week um you've played your your entire pro career in canada apart from i think two games in the AHL with oklahoma wasn't it um yep, that's i just i want to look at uh, just away from the ice away from the belfast giants uh, it's a big move to, to come away from school and come straight into your first pro season in Northern Ireland. You know, it's it's culturally very different. The the sights and sounds, the food, the accents, the people, completely different from what you're used to. And let's let's avoid like the, the hockey player cliches here. You're, you're allowed to say whatever you want. Don't worry about uh, about offending <laughs> us. We're we're, we're tough nosed people. We can take it. Um you know we, we met at the at the cookery store launch right at the start of the season when you guys had just got in and, and I said I would ask, you know, midway through the season, talk to me a bit about the city and your day to day life and the people, the food, the accents, everything. Does it still feel alien and foreign to you? Or, or do you feel like you're settled here now? What's it like?
1: Honestly, I, I feel right at home. Um, I I love it. Living at the Ark, we i spend a lot of time downtown. I mean, if I'm if I'm not doing anything, you know, around the Ark, if I don't have any game tape to watch or, you know, nothing to do on the side of that, then Josh and I will just go downtown grab a coffee, walk around, uh, hit up the shops. I mean, I'm sure we've been to Almost every shop downtown, over and over again, half the time not buying anything. The, the the owners are probably like, "What are these guys doing? <laughs> buy, buy, buy something or get out coming in every day." the joint, and,
2: uh... constantly kissing yeah. the joint.
1: <laughs> but, but I mean, I I just I don't know what to say about downtown Belfast, but I but I absolutely love it, and the, the people are always you know you run into people, and some people recognize us as giants and want to talk to us. Some people, um, you know want to ask us what our accents have no idea that we play hockey and still want to sit down and you know in chat and I think I think that's great and I think that's what makes makes Belfast special I mean I still struggle with uh with some people's accent sometimes uh if they're talking pretty fast but other, other than that I feel right at home and it's been super welcoming and I think that's kind of the vibe I got when I first got here and that's kind of what I liked about it because going from small towns of Saskatchewan that's how it is back home just on a much smaller scale where you go downtown and people are friendly and and chatting with you to see that so to see that on a big scale here is uh pretty special
2: it's it's deco's accent you struggle with, isn't
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> When when Dicko really gets going, yeah, he can be pretty tough to understand. That's
2: for sure. (laughs) We've a question here from nothing
1: funnier than getting him fired up and getting him on a rant.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We've we've a question, a couple questions in here from Thomas Brownley on Twitter. I'll I'll I'll, I'll feed you them both and see what we come up with. The uh, first of all, how do how did it feel to actually play in front of an electric home crowd at the SSE during the Continental Cup?
1: Yeah, that was that was awesome. I mean. Seeing that building? I guess I mean, when we first started out the year, we had it was it was pretty full. Um, we always seem to have pretty good crowds, but I mean it was it was pretty special the content of the cup, and uh, I mean especially when we played Poland and you had those Polish fans trying to join in and then it seemed like that just that just up the level for our fans. They had to make sure that they were louder than louder than them to drown it out. And uh, I mean that just makes me look forward to playing at home all much all that more, especially after being on the road for so long. We're looking for a little bit of a home stand and uh, get the
2: home crowd behind us the the second question he asks is is something he said should be asked of all players which is um what's your favorite piece of local slang so far
1: <laughs> that's great that, that's that's a that's a good one I, that's a tough question because i don't mean i don't, I don't use it, any of it really i mean i'm trying to incorporate some things but i mean it's it's tough for me to even remember what some of the stuff means um i know like crack was the was what i found was weird when i first got over here <laughs> Because I mean, the only time you use crack crack back home is for a drug, <laughs> and everybody's like, well, you know, how's the crack or what's the crack? And I'm like, they can't be talking about drugs.
2: <laughs> I'm, to, you know? I'm sure. So, I'm sure. It's, I'm sure it's a difficult conversation back home when you say, well, how's it going? Oh, the crack is fantastic.
1: Yeah, like if some, if somebody said that the crack was great last night, I would be like, whoa, you, you can't be doing that. So I mean, that was pretty. Josh and I had that conversation the first time we heard it, and like obviously. We found out pretty quick what it, what it actually meant and we could understand the context it was used the first time. But uh, s- still sometimes when I, when I hear that being, you know, in a conversation, it's still my ear catches it right away. But uh, I'm going I'm to start trying to use that. That way when my family comes over, I can, can surprise them with using that or be talking to somebody in the street and use that and get them all confused.
3: <laughs> I know you talk about your family there. Um, are your family hoping to come over to maybe pick up a couple of games in Belfast over the next couple of months before the end of the season?
1: They are actually, they're coming in December. Um, my parents are coming over, my sister and her boyfriend and my girlfriend are all coming over for a couple of weeks. They're going to be here over Christmas, uh, catch a few home games and then they're going to head back just after the new year. So they're going to spend Christmas and new year in, in Belfast and that's going to be a pretty uh, exciting time for me. looking forward to showing them around.
3: And obviously, you know, I know your dad watches the uh, the games back home. He's tweeted as in before in the webcast. Um, if he needs us to speak a bit more slowly... Then I'm sure we're gonna sort that out for him.
1: <laughs> See, I was actually just talking to him tonight over Skype and he said to, to say hi to you guys and he's looking forward to having a beer with you. So he so you can uh I don't, don't need a second invitation in all you're... over.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Am I out
2: boys? Go for it, Joe.
4: Yeah, so I want to expand on Christmas. That's obviously a, a big thing having your family over for for this. Will be, I guess, your your first Christmas away from home. Um, but but obviously you're going to leave a lot of those kind of home comforts and stuff behind. Um, are are you actually excited for a Christmas in Belfast with your family? Uh, what, what are the plans? You know, you've obviously got. I, I would imagine not every one of the team will have guys over. What are your actual plans for Christmas Day? Have you thought about it yet? What are you, what you're doing for dinner and where you're going?
1: Uh, I haven't planned it out too much. Um, I know. Josh and is going to have his girlfriend over here for Christmas too. Um, Paul Sunilhurst, our other roommate, he's going to be going back to Manchester for Christmas. So I think, but maybe the plan is right now to, to host a Christmas here uh, with my family and, and Josh and his girlfriend. We actually went and bought a Christmas tree this week. We just have yet to <laughs> yet to set it up and decorate. So we're trying to keep things, you know, fe- festive over here. That's probably not something we would we would have done had we not had friends and family coming over. Um, but. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's something something different and it's pretty pretty special and unique to, to spend a Christmas, you know, somewhere besides home. It's always nice to be in the comfort of your own home, but to me it's wherever your your friends and family are. So to have my family over here for Christmas and to get it to spend it in Belfast will be something that we'll always
4: remember. Uh, I'm sure they'll be happy enough with the box just lying against the wall with the lights around it. It should be fine. Uh, We we live next door to Jackson whistle in his first year here. And my wife actually had to go next door to put his tree up because he'd never done it before. So listen, uh, our rates are competitive. Give us a call. We've we've got a bit of a a sideshow going. Um, One last thing for me, Kendall, when your family come over, what are the things that you're most excited about showing them about about life here?
1: I mean, back to the culture thing i mean you can't go wrong with with the people um in downtown my dad uh we we come from you know northern irish roots um we actually have some family that my dad's been connecting with over over facebook and a few other things to try to try to link up with um so definitely definitely looking forward to that i mean there's lots of it seems like there's a an abundance of things to do and see and i honestly i haven't seen a lot of them just due to the fact i knew they were coming and some things I wanted to experience, you know, for the very first time, time with them. Um, But at the same time, I think they're all, they're all looking forward to checking out what Belfast has to offer and, you know, the, the history behind it and, and also the, the great people again.
2: One last question before before we let you go, Kendall. and It'd be a of me not to bring it up because while that number twenty seven shirt means a lot to each of us, it means probably a hell of a lot more to you. Um, how's the reception been? Have you been chatting? Has anybody come up and chat to you about it and and the fact that you're wearing that number?
1: Yeah, I was. Uh, I guess I I can say I was a little nervous coming into it just because I knew the the history and what number twenty seven meant here, and I didn't. You know, sometimes fans don't like. A number to be, unretired even under any circumstances. But I mean, I bet the fans have been great to me. A um, have had a few people say, you know, after games that they think it's a great way to, to honor my friend, and they always speak very highly of Paxton, and that's something that I definitely don't take for granted. I mean, every time I slip that jersey on, every time I walk into the rink and walk, you know, to our dressing room under the twenty-seven that's hanging in the stands, I realize the the duty I have to to play hard every night to honor both Troy and Paxton and I mean I think hopefully I've done a pretty good job so far and will continue to do it but I mean the fans have been very well receiving with that and I and I thank them for that because I realize it's uh, not always easy to see a number that has been retired come back on the ice.
2: Yeah, that's great, mate. That's great. Listen, thank you very much for your time. Good luck in the. It's a tough three weeks. It's a tough rest of the season, but the next three weeks, nine games in in the space of three weeks, is going to be a tough run. But you know, we've been a great run so far. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.
0: This is Adam Keith, and you're listening to the best podcast in the elite league, A View from the Bridge. Right, thanks again to Kendall
2: and McFall. It's taken us long for us to get into it, but let's get stuck into what was an unbelievable weekend at the SSC Arena with the fourth edition of The Friendship Four. This year, Yale, Union, University of Connecticut and BU were the four colleges that came over and gave us what were four brilliant games, let's be fair. Uh, Yale and Union was was an OT Barn Burner that went a shootout and Union took that, so they won two one. Um, what was the other game on the Friday? It was Boston BU against uh, UConn and BU yeah. took that three two. very tight game that, but very entertaining with uh with Tiamonte scoring the game winner two minutes into the third. And then we went into the the consolation game as it is early on this on the uh, early on this Saturday Yale. Winning that 6 3 and into the Bell Pot final. And as you mentioned earlier on, Says, what a final that was. A 2 a 1 win for Union College, meaning that the former Belfast Giants coach Doug Christensen was a very happy man, as was Jeff Hutchins, both former Union men. Union men? For, former Union men. The, uh, <laughs> we miss you, Debbie. <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> But the goals from Union, Brett Sapinski was the first one. BU, Tiamonte, sorry, Tiamonte for BU, leveled it up in uh, the down minute of that first period. But the game winner went to Parker Fu in the second. Arguably, though, the, uh, the the performance of that final and the tournament came from Diane Hansen in the Union goal. But yes, Union become the second team from the ECAC, second team in a row. After Clarkson last year to win the bell and ring that bell pot at center ice. Says so, so I'll come to you in a second because no doubt with you being behind the mic, you've got plenty to say of the tournament. I'll start with you, Joe. Um, the excitement, the the that we had on the ice, the passion that these guys threw out there. Once again, another phenomenal tournament, and Union well worth that win.
4: Oh, look, I had an absolute blast, and, and let's get it out of there from the start. Obviously, it was a Boston New York final, and um, I, I'm a. Yeah. I'm a- a very very serious uh, sports journalist so obviously I wasn't uh, looking for either team to win in particular but I just thought those Boston jerseys looked really good and it would have been nice for them to pick up the win but um, as you say first of all uh, the action on ice honestly there's just nothing like it you know there I know that there's a a certain section of the Giants fan base who have maybe not fully engaged with it I would say it's a small minority but um, it's just a departure from what we watch week in and week out you know you've got the the age of these kids, my goodness, it's just unbelievable. They come in with boundless energy. These guys are still going full tilt third period. And it doesn't have that same sort of level of experience as we would maybe see in the elite league. So there's this edge of not recklessness, but it's just, it just it feels like a bit of a powder keg. You know, they they definitely throw bodies because they're made of rubber at that age. And um, there are definitely more wild hits and more wild plays than what you would see in the EIHL. And obviously the tournament environment pushes these guys up to the next level. The thing that absolutely stunned me, my, my kind of takeaway from the whole weekend is charging down to do postgame and you've just watched guys like uh guys like the the BU goaltender, um Jake Ottinger who's who's a Dallas draft pick, guys like Darian Hansen from Union, Kevin O'Neill, the Yale forward who scored two goals on, on the, the Saturday. Um you're watching these guys put in these phenomenal performances in front of a pack barn and you're standing outside the tunnel and these Children emerge out of the door. <laughs> These guys think. Yeah, they like, are. It's, it's
2: amazing, isn't it?
4: I'm sure that some of them are not shaven yet. You know, these spotty teens. And, and you put a microphone in their face and they are, you can tell the ones that are being groomed for a long, long career in this game at, at a very high level. Um, it just phenomenal, the, the discipline and the composure and the maturity of of such young men. I I said I must have said it about 20 times over the weekend. You know, what was I doing at that age? And if you were out of view from the bridge live, that's kind of what it looked like. <laughs> just I'm blown away by the setup of all these schools by the maturity of of the young men that came over and and how much they took away yet again from their experiences in the Belfast schools and even right to the top the the coaches and and the the communications people behind the scenes everybody was just absolutely first class I couldn't
2: honestly have had more fun of a tried. says what were the standout moments for you <laughs> that, save, that save from Darian Hansen at the I uh, Out you of the world.
3: You know, there were there was two. I mean, there was two wonder saves he had. He'd lost his stick, threw his right pad out yep. uh, to stop Bobo Carpenter. Um, that, that was amazing. And then, you know, a minute and a half later, six. I don't know, they got the extra skater on the ice for BU. Um am trying to remember the kid's name. Cockrell, I think it wasn't a cockrell. Yeah, cockrell. Yeah, um, you know he he basically you know tries to go around the outside of him, and he just drops the, through, puts a glove. It's just that that kid Hanson was unbelievable. Uh, and Joe touched on Ottinger. he played a really strong game as well. I do think he'll be disappointed with giving up the game-winning goal. Um, you know he uh, the the defenseman made a, a tougher decision for him because he sort of you know he didn't take out the shoot the pass. I'm uh, didn't take a pass away from. Uh, from Parker food coming in, he he left it open for him, and if he took a defenseman, I all the goal he then had to concentrate on was as the forward coming down. So I think he's still thinking he's going to pass the puck, and Parker a rips one past him for the ultimately the game winning goal. But the whole weekend, Paddy, the 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 standard of the hockey from the NCAA, we've talked about it on numerous occasions before. Um, you know, there's kids as, as Joel's already touched on. Some of them aren't even shaving yet. Um, yet they're going to play in the NHL in the next 18 months. Yeah. That, that's it. Like, I mean, there's definitely players there that will play in the NHL within the next 18 months to two years for argument's sake. um, You know, Gavin Bayruther scored his first goal last night for the Dallas Stars. He played here two years ago in his friendship four. Um, you've got Matt Benning playing in Edmonton. There's a bucket load of him. Um, and, you know, if you look at the 11 draft picks of the EU roster uh, that came in here, and obviously the, the couple of them in mean, their steer for that. I'd literally, were picked up by NHL teams in the last two or three months. Yeah. Um, I know Brady Kachuk playing for for Ottawa. Uh, I can't remember the name of the big guy that's in Minnesota. Six foot six, winner, an uh, absolute powerhouse. Um, and he's, you know, he's playing well and for the Wild there as well. The standard of hockey was outstanding. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Um, fantastic at the Odyssey Trust and. The Giants, obviously, all the guys behind the scenes, as Joel's touched on as well. You know, fantastic to get the, uh, you know, they put all their hard work into 23,000 people coming in to, to watch that. Um, the U.S. Embassy in Belfast, uh, U.S. Consulate, had tweeted out yesterday how much of a success the Friendship Four was and that 30 million people in North America
2: had watched the game on Saturday oh, night with Simon I mean, Kitchen going coast to coast.
3: You know, <laughs> it's, it's, on. it's just unreal. Like, I mean, and that's, you know, I, I had messages from um, from guys that I played with mm-hmm. uh, who are now living in Toronto and then there's a couple in Montreal, a couple of people were they were texting me and then uh, messaging me on Facebook and then Will Monsieur and, and the big Neil Finnery, you know, they were basically sticking on my Facebook page and, and there's my big bake sitting in the middle of their <laughs> big... 50-inch TV screen in their living room. <laughs> um, but it's just just incredible that the work that goes into it, um, the support they get from the NCAA, at ECAC, and uh, Hockey East, Joe Britannia and Steve Hagwell. I, mean, I spoke to Steve Hagwell last week. Um, this is his ninth trip to Belfast. Uh, I, so I honestly wouldn't, it? I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up setting up camp here. <laughs> I genuinely wouldn't. He loves Belfast. Um, there's two more years guarantee. Yep. I know Joel talked to Robert and was talking about the NHL game. which, yes, it's you know that'll certainly probably be the big thing that a lot of people will take out of the interview that Joel did uh, with Robert. But it's not the big thing. Nope. the big thing is what the Giants can capitalize on off the back of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the rink uh, last week. Um, I seen your tweet was it today or yesterday, Paddy, about you know the support that everybody needs to keep on knocking on doors and, and talking about the, we need more facilities in Belfast. But yeah. th- this NCAA thing, it's massive because there's one... Th- I don't know if you picked up on the show on uh, the whole weekend. There was a lot of groups in. Yeah. And uh, there's kids probably five, six, seven years of age who are coming to their first hockey game. Yes, 100%. 100%. Um, you know, there was one right down in front of the media box wearing blue jumpers. Um, and right at the end of the game on Saturday afternoon, the Union parents were sitting right behind them. And when the kids were coming up the aisle after the, uh, the game was over, the parents and everybody that was with Union College all stood up and gave them a round of applause.
4: Yeah. Every one of them. I want to jump in on that says if possible. Uh, you know, it's, it's, something that is uh, maybe, maybe uh groaned about a little, uh, let's be honest by, by some sections of our fan base, whenever there are a lot of kids in and whenever it's all kind of groups and whatever else, both of those early games, I would say the entire arena were young people from schools and, and different organizations or whatever. The atmosphere for both of those games were like nothing I've ever heard. They guldered for three solid periods. It doesn't even matter what the score was. They were just going hard. Like it's, it's, two Two kind of sides to this, and it 's maybe the the big takeaway that people don 't fully think about i 've always said the Sheffield Steelers, I feel like they have an older fan base i don 't think they have engaged well with uh younger people and with generating new fans and there 's a danger in any sport of that. You have thousands and thousands of children who first of all meet these guys at school during the week and Immediately, they're role models. You bring a a big Canadian guy in to show you hockey in your school, and then later on in the week, you get to go to the arena and cheer your guts out for him those kids are being exposed to the sport of hockey and what it can do for you as an individual and what it can do for your community from such a young age, those are your next generation of guys that are going to be sitting in the SSE screaming for the Giants down the road and there's such a legacy piece there and that's the connection for me when Robert Fitzpatrick talks about new ice facilities in Belfast, about having a Belfast-born player on the ice in five years. If you're struggling to make that connection, look no further than those energized children that sat in that barn all weekend. That is the future of our club and it's a byproduct of the Friendship Four,
2: hundred percent. Because one of those, if there was a facility in the Belfast City Centre or more accessible, the Donald is accessible. We talked about this at length last week, and says, says made a very good point in regards to the fact that maybe kids north of the river, west of the river of the Lagan, don't really get down to the Donald. You put somewhere a little bit more accessible in Belfast City Centre, you have a rig of those kids going and using it this week, this weekend, weekend after that. And one, you know, they'll, they'll filter off and some may stay and some may go but that will that will help develop the game, etc. and push it a bit further. Coming back to the competition as well, from my own point of view, and I, this is the first time I unfortunately wasn't able to make it. I had to make my choice and I chose the Continental Cup. I made the right choice, I enjoyed that a great deal. But I missed what I. I, I sent a message to I think it was the Aaron Murphy. I sent it. And he asked me, you know, how do, how was the coverage? And I said, man, I hated the coverage. I flatly hated the coverage. Not that it wasn't that good. It was excellent coverage. It's just that I know what the energy is like in that building. I know <laughs> I know what those games are like to watch. I know how enjoyable it is to be part of that and to watch and watch these. You're right, Joel. Watch these kids play yeah. at such with such intensity and passion. Watching the refs. I know I know uh Siss's long lost brother Phil Kitchen wasn't there this year, but you know, watching the refs, you know, let the game play, let these guys get on it, let them sort that it Frem out there on the ice.
4: Fun. yeah. I,
2: it just it is such it's such a vibrant game to watch, and you know, and credit to the likes of of Glover and Brooksy and Shane Johnson and Steve Thornton and all the guys behind the scenes who put this together. Over twenty three thousand people in the building over those two days. Phenomenal effort to bring that amount in. And yes, people say, "Well, it's school groups." Of course, it's school groups. As Joel, as Joel has put, you know, the fact is that these guys—they're college kids. They're, it's a school setup. STEM is a major part of this. The actual tournament ends with the ringing of a school bell. You know that that is the whole ethos of it. And yeah. I'll tell you what, it gets me every single time. That I don't know if Davy was here, he'd bring it up because he loves it as well. But the ringing of that school bell. At the end, um, by the champ, it's quite funny because you see the captain go over to Eric Porter and, and, and uh, Robert Fitzpatrick. And you see it every year now where Robert Fitzpatrick grabs him, grabs, the, grabs him right up to his ear and obviously just tells him, <laughs> lift this bell. Don't ring it. Get out the centre ice and then ring it. You know, you can tell him, you can see he's telling them exactly what they have to do. But that's what he goes out, rings the school bell call the arms, bring bring it in, and all all the college kids can run in and celebrate, and it gives me goosebumps every single time I see it, every college that comes in, and next year, we've got, what, New Hampshire, Northeastern, Princeton, and Colgate returning. We've got teams returning now for the fifth edition of the Friendship Four, but that's not to be left at that because in January, those two games against the Sheffield Steelers at the start of January are preceded by NCAA women's game between Northeastern and Clarkson on both the Saturday and the Sunday. So the game and the links to the NCAA with the Belfast Giants are developing and the women's game going in, I'm, I'm hoping they're really well attended. They should be really well attended because they're going to be equally as entertaining as the, as the NCAA men's game that we've seen in the friendship four. And long may this continue. As we've said, as you've said, says you know the NHL and the NHL 2020. We can talk about that. I don't think we should talk about. It. We'll, we'll come to that another time. It, it Robert's brilliant interview with that with with Joel is there on our SoundCloud, Animal Kingdom of the Giants dot com, and the article to go alongside it. That is the headline, but the underpinning, most important thing is the ice facilities. Um, I don't think is there anything further.
3: Sorry, sorry, Paddy couple of points um, that were addressed at the weekend. For the first time, we ended up having the first player to play in two friendship fours oh. um, who played at the weekend for Boston University. So Max Willman, right. uh, who's a graduate student at uh, BU this year, um, played in the first friendship four for Brown. Ah. And then he came over and he was the first player to play in two. And then the biggest that and I I I thought this was brilliant. We need say, I can't take credit for it. Neil say, come up with this one. The four winners Oh, I know this. I know uh, this one. This is uh, awesome. I think I told you the to weekend. The four winners of the French were have all came from the EIHL Away dressing room.
2: Oh yeah. I heard this all mentioned, four them. yeah.
3: Did you hear the second part, though, Sis? And I don't know if this part is true. This bit is true. So, Is it really? Yeah, so my, my understanding is that BU were supposed to be in there. And <laughs> Thorntz and, and uh, Shane Johnson took them out to put them in the trash dressing.
4: That is Thorntz and Shane Johnson, BU championship BU, winners. BU graduates. <laughs> Thorntz was wearing a red tan
3: on Saturday night. You no, know, he's been uh, completely uh, on the fence. Um, Absolutely. And then when I seen uh, young Jonah... Which is uh, Shane Johnson's son? Uh, they came in, or he came in. He was wearing a BU t-shirt. He was wearing a red jacket. And <laughs> Thor's kids were all wearing BU red. Um, and uh, I, 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 to be honest, I would have been. It would have been lovely if they had. A won wanted, obviously, um, with uh, you know so much support for them within the the Giants ranks. Um, and obviously, forget we, not. Forget about Chris Higgins. You know, he was an ex-BU guy as well. But um, overall, the best friendship for them we've had to date. Um, we've had some really good games down the years, the last four years, but that game at the weekend was just sensational. It was an absolute pleasure to sit beside Murph, and, and uh, you know put a wee bit into it whenever I could. And um, you know Murph was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And you know all the guys behind the scenes and and everything going away. You, you touched on James Glover. Um, I know he's been here. I know he lives next door to me.
2: Probably listening um, through the wall. Mate. He's no, he's right not. Now. He's away
3: to uh, that uh, hockey world roller blades on at the minute so he's, all the legs are right. <laughs> um, but Glover Clover was sick for the last two weeks. Um, and uh, you know he really wasn't well like um but he's never missed a, never missed his work he was in there this is through the Continental Cup and leading in to the, the Friendship four. Um you know I, I obviously I was there for the games and I picked up a couple of practices over the last couple of weeks. But you know, looking out there's cars out there he was away from Nine o'clock in the morning, the half 10, 11 o'clock at night. Most days, um, obviously, Michael Barr, Ross Gowdy, uh Joe, which is Glover's fiance. You know, they were all there. Everybody, all the volunteers yep. behind like a, the, the Continental Cup and the Friendship Four need to be amended. But the effort and, and it couldn't be done without them. I don't care who it is. There's no way that these tournaments can be put on without volunteers, and yep. we are in a very privileged position to work for the best organisation within the IHL because the rest of them haven't got a touch on the Belfast chance. Here, here.
2: On, I'm going to move it on because, like I say, a wonderful tournament. Uh, we look forward to next year's 2019. Like I said, New Hampshire, Northeastern, Princeton, and Colgate, and the games that are coming in January. The women's games between Northeastern and Clarkson. Now, I'm going to do something here. We're going to we're going to record two quick responses and I want the people listening to skip as appropriate because I think this news is going to come out within the next 24 hours, and I'm not sure which way it's going to go. We're pretty sure which way it's going to go, but what I'm going to say is, and we're just flatly going to do it, start it like this. <clears throat> well, isn't it great news that the Belfast Giants have been awarded the finals of the Continental Cup, which will be played in January. Hooray! Yes! Hooray! Job,
4: boys.
2: Okay, stop. Unfortunately, we found out just in the last hour so that the Belfast Giants won't be hosting the Continental Cup Finals in January and we're all going to have to go to Astana. I hate to see it. I hate to see it. it. Listen, delete is appropriate there. I'm sure the information is going to come out in the next day <laughs> or two. Um, let's have a quick, very, very quick look around the league. Um, we do, for the first time in a while, where we are able to play uh, this...
4: Docks, 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 Docks,
2: Yes, there is one thing from the department, of player safety that took place at the weekend, and that was a one-game suspension for charging to Paul Crowder of the Five for the incident against the Dundee Stars. Um, any of you gents see that? Yeah, go on.
4: Yeah, I'm actually just looking at the at the slow mo now. Uh, the it's a big hit, like uh, it's it's a big kind of open ice hit uh, that initially happens. The, that's not the one that's called on though, right? Nope. It's the second one yep. down on the boards. And I don't know. It's it's obviously nowhere as big as that first hit. But Crowder, you can see the, the spray coming off the skates. He definitely throws the brakes on, throws the arms out. Um, the adopts say that he had the option to use the shoulder and, and make a legal hit. but. Um, I don't know if it's at the extent, you know, again, we're going down to the letter of the law, I guess, versus the spirit of the law. It's not a brutal hit. Um, It's probably not dopsworthy for me, but I guess you guys will probably tell me different.
2: I thought i I agree I think it 's a bit on the edge There's the key points that come from the dobbs assessment' is a contact of the head, elevation separation of the hands to make contact unsuspecting, yeah. and that that it was careless. These ones have come back as careless I think that 's why you only see one game suspensions because. You know, it is just you know not keeping your stick down, blah 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 blah. You know that's why you yeah. see them as cause one game suspensions. Can can we? You know, I think five suffered for it, obviously from the weekend because the uh, well they didn't. They two games against the Dundee Stars and shut out and won and dropped a three goal lead to to lose the other one in in overtime. But uh, but yeah, I can't get two. Pent up about that one. I'm actually quite surprised that there was nothing came from the Sheffield um, Manchester game on what day was that? On Sunday? So on Sunday, it was on Sunday. There was a few incidents of that, one in particular f- involving Dan um, Byers, not Dan Byers, he's out of his mind. That's um, <laughs> the uh, that where, where Byers cross checks a fellow on the ground and then punches him on the ground. And he's got a bit of a rep at the minute where He just is losing the plot when, when, you know, at that time, the Stormer two goals down. They're trying to get back into the game in the third period. And he's put his team not only on a penalty kill, but got himself kicked out of the game. So I was surprised there wasn't anything further from that. There was also an incident, a couple of incidents in the MK Panthers game. I think a couple of players fighting in the last two minutes. We've heard nothing from that either. But, um, so yeah, an interesting week in regards to that. Javi,
3: did you actually see the, the incident? uh with with Dan bars was where where he was thrown
2: out. <laughs> He's on another level. Yeah, the the <laughs> I did, yeah, the, the the incident he was thrown out for it was it was a, uh-huh. the player was on the ground. He, he I know, but did you see the lead up to it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So Bars comes in, I mean he, he miscontrols the puck
3: coming over the line. He turns back to I can't remember what it was a Westerling? Yes.
2: I think it was Westerling.
3: So he turns around to Westerling, you know, back checking against him tries to lift his stick off the ice um, to take the puck away from him. Westerling hits himself in the face with his own stick. That's what happened there. I'm pretty sure that's what Bars is saying to him when he's on the deck and he's rubbing his face into the ice. You know, know, he he didn't hit him with a stick. He did not hit him with his own stick. Yeah. So Westerling's hit himself in the face with his own stick. Yes, you know, it's lifted up by Barr's stick. Um, They hit hit himself in the face with his his own equipment yeah, but and then obviously there. I, I, I am surprised. There's, let's be honest. I mean, the Manchester storm, well, well Paddy, don't you say anything, um, but <laughs> you know, the Manchester storm, they're, they're a bit of a bloody joke. Like, I mean, they really are, um,
2: you know, I, I, I don't think they've won away from home this season. Have they? A friend, a, fr- a friend of mine said that, you know, they're, they're a team lacking in hockey smarts and you can, you can see that when you're, like I say, when you're, when you're two goals down in the third period, and you conspire to get yourself thrown out of the game, pretty cheaply. Yeah, but again,
3: that's leading back to the big hit from Davy Phillips. Yeah. Um, when Springer jumped in and and uh, you know sort of wrestled him to the ground, there was not much of a fight in there. But I, I didn't see anything wrong with Davy Phillips. Hit. There's Nothing a lot of people, way. you know, there's a lot of people ranting and raving about it and said he, Keep your head you up. know, he, he hit Kieran Long in the head, and um, do you know what, he, he probably did make contact with his head, and more likely he did, but. Long's head's down. can 100%. You know, 100%, he's, he's, you know he, he's, he'll have to, you know, we'll put it this way. It's karma because he was the one who took Big Ferland out um, and kept Ferland out for a month. So it'll
2: tighten them up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Interesting results. Oh, sorry, no, no player movements, I don't think, since we talked about Munson last week. Um, Interesting results. Dundee, we'll talk about them in a second, but they took a four point weekend, as I said, over the five flyers. But the most notable result from the weekend, Joe, was Milton Keynes Lightning taking an overtime victory against the Cardiff Devils at Ice Arena Wales
4: they're slumping boys it's happening the crowd's turning as well I saw on twitter today people are cracking up now hashtag bouncy out i think they need to hang a big banner in ice arena wales of just the big blue tint to remind the newbies of where they've come from um you know it's and it's in the same way as that we're uh on a peak right now i have no doubt that we will dip and in, in, in whatever else um the Cardiff Devils are not entitled to win every game, regardless of who it's against. Uh, they definitely have a few issues that they're trying to work around right now. I think there's a little bit of panic in Cardiff, to be honest. But on the flip side to that, I think that Milton Keynes Lightning team are a group that are uh, gelled and are kind of forged together because of the negative experiences they've had early in the season. Because, I mean, they, they didn't even get a coach until, what, four or five games into the season. and 2-1 game. Out. We're playing great. <laughs> you sure were at the weekend you'd have loved it um you know that that's a team that are playing for each other and whenever you've got a team that are sort of uh backs against the wall forged together because of negative circumstances they're gonna surprise you Uh, and and it just was the, the perfect storm of of Cardiff not being at their very best right now um I think there's something to be said for a point that was made on the show by yourselves a couple of weeks ago in that uh Cardiff's defense are not as lights out as they've been in previous years. Mm-hmm. And maybe Bounds is being spotlighted a little bit and having some flaws that were maybe not seen before. But you cannot take away from the Milton Keynes Lightning and their fans who have weathered some uh, pretty tough times this season so far and taken a big two points. And yeah. uh, it's,
2: it's good news for us. Especially the, the hammering said that they took on Free sports at the, yeah, at the start of the season at Ice Arena Wales. Says your thoughts? Like, well, I asked, I saw that our good friend Vic Silverwood was on Twitter talking about that. I said, listen, what's happening there? You know, what's the wobble? And she highlights it. Maybe there's a player, that, player or two that have stayed maybe a season too long. Good. Um, <laughs>
3: I don't. I don't think the, the Devils are finished. You know, absolutely they're not. Absolutely
2: not. at all. There's
3: still a long way to go in this season. Oh. Yes, they'll be disappointed. You, you, you just touched on it there, Paddy. Um, a few seconds ago, that the last time M came in there they got embarrassed. Um, you know that sticks in players' minds. They, you know, you get that little bit of extra effort out of them. Um, obviously, they've got rid of like the coach Doug McKay. Uh, Lam- is it Landers or Lannans? Yeah, uh, Ryan Lamon, Um Wallace as well, and his coach. Wallace. You know, so they're taking on the coaching duties. Um, they, I think they've won three of their last five. So you know they're doing reasonably well. It's just you know get a new face in the dressing room. Sometimes it, it picks you up. They've you I mean their goalkeepers are an absolute class act. Um, I think he was you know he's played well against us apart from the the seven nil shootout and our sorry shutout of him. But uh, you know he, he's a decent goalie and and they've got some they do have some players that can play. But you know it's going to be tough for them. It's it's uh, you know when you're down the bottom of the table and you want to try and push up to make the playoff it's very difficult. But, uh, you know, I, I, I thought they did fantastically well at the weekend. I watched it the, um, uh, the Sheffield game after it finished watching the Janssen company because there's no webcast yet from Guilford, which I still think is a bloody joke. But, um, you know, I, I watched a wee bit of like, the Cardiff game as well and uh, and and you know, I always sort of, when we've got games coming up, I start to keep an eye on team. We're looking to play we obviously come mm-hmm. in two weeks' time. So, you know, I went back and watched their games and MK deserved it. You <laughs> know, from what I watched, I didn't watch the whole thing, but you know, they they come in, they were they were um, they were down. They managed to get back, in, they took them the to overtime. I um, got the OT winner with about ninety seconds remaining, and you could see, you hear them, you hear a few boos going around the arena, and ice arena Wales. Um, I'm sure Todd Cameron will not be happy, and and, and Andrew Lord will be happy. But you know what? It's as I say, any team in this league can beat you on any given night if you don't come in with the right attitude you're going to get your ass, your ass handed to
2: you. And yeah, you know, that's yeah. what happened. It's, there's going to be adversity for all teams and the Giants are going to hit theirs. But at this time, the Giants sit top of your elite ice hockey league. 21 games played, 34 points in the bag. Cardiff Devil sitting second, 20 games played, 30 points. Nottingham, 23 and 29 points. Five Flowers 22 games, 28 points. And then you've Guildford, Sheffield, Coventry, Glasgow, Manchester, Dundee, who with their four-point weekend leapfrog the Milton Keynes-Lighton, who despite their OT win over the Cardiff Devils, sit bottom 21 games played, 14 points. We move on and have a quick look at the three games we have this weekend. First up on Wednesday night, tonight is uh, the first leg of the quarterfinal of the Challenge Cup against the Dundee Stars. 7.30 p.m., In the DIA, you can get the webcast from Stars TV. Of course, the second leg is on the eleventh of December back at the SSE Arena. And this weekend, well, it's a mouthwatering encounter, the first of the season. Two of them, Saturday and Sunday, against what you could arguably describe as a resurgent Sheffield Steelers. Saturday at seven PM, Sunday. At four PM, Steelers TV webcast. Um, let's start, says, with those uh, that that game against Dundee four point weekend for them. Uh, after, um, if he's listening, I'm going to apologise to Omar Pasha. I had intended to bring him on the show this week um, because I don't think we've spoken to him in a while. I've had a hectic week, didn't get a chance. So, um, but we're playing him three times in three weeks. So I guarantee that you will hear Omar Pasha's voice on this podcast within the next three weeks. Um, but yes, yeah, says. They are you know, they they've got a four point weekend on a hard fought four point weekend given that coming back from three nothing down with Craig Halting go.
3: Yeah, and you know they're looking forward to coming uh coming into it but, you know, five we we talked about Fife a few weeks ago. Um and uh, you know, we said Shane Owen always gives them a chance to win. There were three nil up, they end up back and getting beaten over time. And as I say, Sheepdog went in and in the shootout, um, halfway through it after um, Shogun get, get hurt. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if Shogun's back for tomorrow night, I have no idea. Uh, but you know, Sheepdog's played against us before and he's beat us before, so, um, you know, they'll, they'll be feeling uh, confident, especially in an own barn. And it's, it's always tough to go there. I know the boys are flying in tomorrow, uh, flying in tomorrow morning, play there tomorrow night, uh, and then I'm pretty sure they're flying back, um, on Thursday. So, you know, hopefully they get a bit of rest and uh, get ready for the weekend. But with being the Challenge Cup, it's a two-legged affair. Uh yes you wanna try and get a you know, a comfortable position if you can get it if we can get back with a goal or two up uh after the first game, I think it puts you in a good position.
2: Uh and then we'll go on to i I'll, I'll take both as to this in regards to you, Joel. You know, you're traveling over to Sheffield for what is it's gonna be a good weekend. I think it's gonna be a good battle.
4: Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, battle is the word. Um this looks set to be, I would say, one of our biggest uh, traveling contingents in years, and, and that would be over and above even the Challenge Cup final. Um, from what I saw on, on the on the site during the week there, the away block is pretty much close to a sell It's down to the last kind of ones and twos. Um, there's definitely a lot of buzz. It feels like everybody I know is heading over. Everybody is absolutely charged and ready to go. There's a little bit of... Uh, concern for me to be honest people keep asking me if i'm looking forward to it not in the slightest not even a little bit it's (laughs) it's going to be anxious uh nervous intense hockey but it's what we're here for it's it is it is the moments that you look back on at the end of a season and realize that they defined that season and i think a lot of people are looking at the four pointer that we took the last time uh under was that uh under Derek walser yeah that that big four point weekend um I know, or was I it Kiefer's first key. year? Yeah, sorry, sorry, it was it was, it was last season, and there was yeah. one before with Wally, but we had a great time. But it's always a great time on, on the road in Sheffield. But it's because it's it's that kind of powder keg environment. Um, yeah. but I think a, a lot of people are just going uh, going over and expecting us to bulldoze. Make no mistake, this is going to be a tough weekend. We're going to have to battle that that building makes me nervous it always has done i don't enjoy watching hockey in it i love winning in it and i love drinking other beer afterwards but i do, i definitely don't enjoy watching games in it um regardless though we are heading into i would say one of the weekends that will define the season of the Belfast Giants we will look back uh, at the kind of on the edge of summer and we'll say this is where it all turned and this is where we started to properly believe um but my goodness i'm going to be watching through my hands
2: <laughs> the uh, says you know I was thinking there about how I said there were no player movements. There was Eric Neely. came back from, from MK. Actually, when I heard that you know Sheffield have pulled a player back from MK, I thought, oh, Cole Shudra. No, not the guy that's all known. <laughs> no, Eric Neely. <laughs> they, uh, but they pulled Neely back in. Um, Tom Barrasso, not giving him the best review in a post-game of the game of the and He's not up to their level of fitness, not up to their level of speed, but still a, a player that's going to bolster their side. They've put a new goalie in in, in Climby who – Let's be fair. I'll tell you what. See if Climy starts both games. That's a real kick in the back, S- a kick in the back for case, for Jackson Whistle. You know, for a guy who a guy who. And we're not going to get into the whole whistle bashing. You can do if you want, but but for a guy who <laughs> you know made that move to, with the climbing the ladder comment, etcetera, etcetera. But they made that move for the benefit of his own game. If he doesn't play at least once against the Belfast Giants, and Climy plays both games. That's not a real positive thing, especially this week with Tom Barrasso coming out saying that um, Brad Day, who's been playing for Hull and playing for others, is still part of their setup, but they're going to get rid of at least one goalkeeper. That It doesn't sound good for Jackson at the minute. However, let's get back to it. It says it's going to be a tough, tough weekend for the Giants.
3: Yeah, it's always tough in Sheffield. Um, we're playing well. They've started to pick a few points up. Uh, they've won four the last. Actually, they've won four in a row for the league. So uh, you know they'll be feeling confident about themselves. The, the goalie that's come in is, I think he's only lost one game since he's came in. Um, and I think he started them all since he came in. Maybe I think he has started them all since he came in. So you know he, he's getting them a bit of confidence to the back end. Um, you know, defenseman they like to the feel they've got a goalie behind them that they can trust out some big saves, and for all intents and purposes again, I haven't watched Sheffield at all this year apart from a couple of highlights Um, and, you know, listening to some of the Sheffield fans saying you know, Jackson was playing well, but the players weren't in front of them, so it, again, it, it's going to be a tough, tough weekend, let's not take anything away from it the boys will be concentrating on tomorrow night to start with mm. and then they'll look to Saturday and then you know, depending on what happens Saturday they'll look to Sunday, so I, I expect Klayman to start both games. I, I don't think um, Barrasso is going to uh, give Jackson a sniff unless he's injured. Um, What's that say about Klime. Jackson?
2: What's that? What does that say about Jackson? He's a backup. Is that but consider, it is. Consider considering the reason league. he made the move? Is that yes. not a real kick on the backside for him? So
3: Yeah. I couldn't care less, but it's not my, you know. He doesn't play for chance anymore. So as far as I'm concerned, I couldn't care
1: less.
4: Fair you play so, the hot, you play the hot goalie though, don't you? I mean, in terms, of, absolutely. So you know you can't you can't let the narrative cloud the ability to pick up points. So I understand it, but at the same time, on a personal level, if it was me trying to put myself in those shoes, I would be feeling pretty crap. Uh, you know the the team that I moved away from in order to enhance further develop my career, and I'm not even getting a game against them. Uh, it's, it's an interesting little side story, um, but Sheffield. The, th- we'll-
2: the, the thoughts yeah. on just all you said, but he players have moved away. Joe, the, the thoughts on Ram oh, Martinelli's interview with Bob Vestergaard? The, the Greg washensky of the UK strikes again. Uh, Ask him I, the most uh, ridiculous question about if the Belfast chance were in to win the league, do you think you've made a mistake in moving to the Sheffield Steelers?
4: Yeah, Marty's reply was, uh, obviously, the, the quote that, that Bob took away was that uh, Marty feels no emotional connection to Belfast anymore. I think it's telling that there has been little to no Twitter response from the Belfast camp and the fan base or whatever about that. What on earth is Ryan Martinelli supposed to say in response to that question. I, I couldn't have ill feeling about Marty saying that. If I tried, he shouldn't have been asked that in the first place. One absolutely nonsensical question in, in pursuit of a cheap headline.
2: Just complete garbage.
4: <laughs> <deals of laughs> <always do.
2: laughs> I you what? I thought it was only going to be one beat when you said <laughs> earlier on. But you know, so <laughs> I, say, so I said no, <laughs> the, uh, those games are, on like I say, Wednesday, seven thirty p.m. away to Dundee. You get the webcast of Stars TV, and Saturday and Sunday, seven p.m. and four p.m. at the uh, at the Sheffield Arena. Um, webcast from Steelers TV. I'm getting the Sunday's game. I'm really looking forward to that and I'm uh, I'll I'll be I'll, I'll be driving unfortunately Joe. so so oh, I have, well I have well uh, I'm I'm travelling with um Television's Neil the coach, Russell. I heard and, a rumor, uh, yes, and, I heard and, a rumor and, and, that Patch yeah. Best friend was going to be in the house. I'm a good friend Gaz Hall. He's uh, he's travelling with us as well. So a bit of a roadie for us over from Manchester to to Sheffield looking forward to that. What's well, going to be two brilliant games against the Steelers Saturday and Sunday, 7pm and 4pm respectively. Any other business points? I don't think think so. Don't think so? Nope. I want to give a shout-out to, uh, well, a, a brilliant article from Fox News on young Ethan that was stuck up on uh, on Twitter. So we'll, we'll retweet that. And, and uh, another excellent thing of him being in North America. And a shout-out, as we always do, to young Blake, who's uh, still trying to get him. Is he out of hospital yet? I don't know. Is He, he- is, yeah. I, th- I think he got home during last week, didn't he? Yeah, he's out
3: of hospital, um, but
4: he's still not 100%. Uh, I, and another one just popped into my head there, just that I'm aware of, young Joshua Baxter. Um, has and his mum, Lisa. They're Base and, and they've been around. They're really, really loyal Giants fans. Josh has been going through uh, oh, I can't even remember the number of surgeries he's had this year so far, um, but just through another one there over in London. Him and his mum are back and forward. So um, an absolute warrior of a boy, tougher than I will ever be in my entire life. And it's, it's great to see him always smiling whenever he's through another one. Um, it's just the, the adversity and the challenges and the things that go on in the background during a season, you know, you, and, and you only ever catch maybe a fraction of what's going on. Um, it's not that we're singling out these four or five names or whatever it's more just to make the point that that club and that environment is a home and a support base for so many people for so many reasons and it's, it's part of the reason we love it isn't it 100 percent,
2: 100 percent. well on that note thanks to kendall mcfall adam keith kevin rain for the time um thanks to everybody for your interaction on twitter through the week and you can get us at avftv on facebook just search for a view from the bridge and of course you can see us on kingdomofthegiants.com all of our post games on soundcloud.com forward slash av FTB, and we'll just try to keep in direction of that. The games, as I said, Wednesday, 730 pm against Dundee away, and then two games away to the Sheffields the other Saturday at 7 pm, Sunday at 4 pm. Thank you, Joel, and thank you, Simon. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Davey might be back next week. Well, yeah, you so, When are you guys getting a weekend off, weekend off, week off next week. But anyway, the maybe me the <laughs> uh, wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey, especially if you're traveling to Sheffield or Dundee, and we'll catch you here next week on a view from the bridge.
1: Podcast Network.